KSVY Sonoma Welcome to Health Matters, Sonoma's weekly program devoted to health and well-being. Each week, through interviews, editorials, and listener participation, we will explore topics and issues of contemporary medicine and its relationship to the lifestyles of our community. Our goal is to provide you with information and resources to help you achieve and maintain what you deserve, a happy, healthy, and productive life. We're your hosts, Ned Hoke and Adam Lehman. And welcome to Health Matters again on this Wednesday. Thanks for uh, tuning in again. Always happy to have you here. Today we are uh, <clears throat> we're going to be blessed with, uh, I think I use that word blessed. Um, we're going to be uh, uh, joined by uh, Steve DiMasco, who's written a very interesting book called The Shaolin Way. And uh, the subtitle is 10 Modern Secrets of Survival from a Shaolin Grandmaster. <clears throat> and those uh, 10, um, ten titles, they're the uh, chapter titles. I'm just going to read them to you because he's going to be calling in in about uh, eight or nine minutes from now. But I wanted to share a little bit of the book directly with you because I just I wanted to show you kind of where we're going with the program today. And I wanted to sort of... Um, not just talk about the book as a book, but how the book sort of fits with our lives and how it's important in that domain, shall we say. So the 10 chapter titles are Survival is Not Enough. Two, Focus and Discipline Equals Accomplishment. Three, Self-Worth Comes from Self-Examination. Four, even, weak, even in weakness there is strength. Five, Victims Aren't Born, They're Bred. Six, anger is wasted energy. Seven, do unto others. Eight, hope is an action. Nine, true power comes from within. Ten, you can't move on if you can't let go. So now it sounds like this is kind of self-help in the extreme, uh, maybe. And I, for those of you who don't who have a, a real aversion to the sort of transformative process of the human experience, <clears throat> you might find today's uh, presentation uh, not totally your cup of tea because this gentleman is, you know, I think, and for me, one of the most succinct ways that I know, he's speaking to us about a form of inner work, a form of attention, a form of focusing that he's been working since his days or since he's learned. He was born in Spanish Harlem. I'm going to read the flyleaf here. Steve de Tomasco, he was born in Spanish Harlem of a disabled mother and an abusive father. Steve Damasco spent most of his childhood lost and angry, drifting from one job to the other. He stalked the streets as a troubled youth, barely surviving while all of his peers were either dead or in jail, until he found himself on the steps of the Shaolin Temple. It sounds like a movie. Originating more than 1,500 years ago in ancient China, Shaolin monks were simple farmers and worshippers of Buddhism who learned to protect themselves from the constant danger of bandits and overlords with a kind of meditation in motion, a non-lethal form of self-defense that didn't violate their vows of peace. As their legend grew, they became known as the Shaolin fighting monks. 
revered across the land for their spiritual dedication, enlightened message, and amazing fighting skills. Uh, think, shou- uh, think um, what is it, Hidden Dragon? I forget the first part. Uh, Di Tomasco entered the Shaolin Temple to battle the demons of his past, but he got more than he bargained for. Besides learning how to wield weapons and take on multiple attackers at once, he discovered an ancient philosophy that helped melt away preconceived notions of the world and gave him a powerful platform on which to live and grow. In the Shaolin Way, he adapts these teachings for the modern world, singles out ten secrets for survival that can help anyone live a more fulfilled life. So that's a pretty bold promise. And for some of us, uh, back when I was growing up, that was a pretty important message. And many of us uh, went on and studied things that were like this. I studied Buddhism. I studied, I, I also worked in a, in a meditation and uh, spiritual environment in the Zen community for many years, still do actually. And um, the messages of the East, so-called, the, the exotic messages of the East, these are not only sort of esthete uh, messages of some sort of high-born fantasies. These are messages that are very much on the ground. And and when I first started reading Steve's book, I felt like this felt like sort of, I called it blue-collar blue collar Buddhism, was what first came to mind. The way he wrote about it, it was so hands-on. It was so um, literally on the ground. Uh, and at the same time, as the more and more I read the book, the more and more I became enchanted with the story he tells. Now, he is here with us, so let's say hello to Steve. Are you there, Steve? Hello? Are you, are you there, Steve? Yep, you? I can barely hear you, though, Ned. Well, how about that? Better? Better. Better, good. Okay, well, welcome to Health Matters. Thanks so much for calling in. My pleasure. Great. Well, we just uh, had a nice introduction to your book. We read the flyleaf of the book, mm-hmm. The Shaolin Way. Right. And uh, so maybe... Uh, so they, I, I told them about your your parentage and that you'd written about. So now we see a lot of. Uh, I should say, I, to, you know, that not many people who write books like this, in my experience, um, they good have, or bad. It's just, I think it's the first of its kind. <laughs> they, 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 they don't. They don't have Bill Clinton uh, saying, you know, on the on the uh, uh, quote list. They don't have uh, uh, tributes to Paul Newman, and they don't have. I mean, you've really been all over the place with this thing. And, I have. And uh, you've lectured at Yale and Harvard, and you've uh, done classes every which way. So you're 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 no sort of um, what should I say? You're no just aesthete kind of person who's off somewhere all by himself, sort of dreaming up this stuff. You've really been out there in the world. I have. I've experienced everything and lived everything that's in that book. And I think it's a very useful and important book, and and that's of course why I'm so ex- really pleased and just so grateful that you were willing to come and, and spend, well, thanks, Ned. spend some time with us. You, there's so many things that you say in here; it's almost difficult to know where to begin. But I think for our listeners' purposes, um, I'd like you to tell our listeners. I first I gave them a very very thin schematic on on where, sort of where you came from, but rather than where you came from, uh, tell us a little bit about. Uh, what it is you do on it are, are doing now? I mean, it says here that you live in New Hampshire mm-hmm. and that you're you're teaching uh, helping prisoners, teenagers, abused women, and others who have lost their way. Right. So you're lecturing around the world on behavior modification and reducing school violence. Right. So tell our listeners a little bit about what that really means. 
Well, it's you know it's 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 a it's a multifaceted role when you think about it. I mean, every every everything that I do has its has its own life to it. Right. You know, when I go to schools and I and I work with the FBI um, on on trying to reduce school violence, I talk to kids about you know, and I'm I'm, I'm mostly now in in white suburban you know basically white suburban areas. I and see. I don't want to get into the you know different colors here, but you know you know <laughs> I grew up in Spanish Harlem and right. lived in, in, in projects with African Americans all through my high school years right. and I so it, it was naturally easy for me towards working in inner cities it was the president that took me out of the inner cities uh-huh. you know during the school shootings because these were all kids from suburbia white suburbia America right where we were experiencing this you know for uh, terrorism in terms of who, who's going to get up next and start shooting in their classroom right so when I lecture to kids, you know, I go around to these, you know, to basically more affluent areas, right. and I talk to kids about what life really is about, and what and what happens in prisons, and how the FBI is is looking in looking at these kids, and that there are there are um, squads dedicated solely to computer crime and to gangs and to you know a lot of the things that kids are doing in these these activist these activist groups like animal activist groups and uh, right. and environmental activist groups where a lot of these kids, and I think the first arrest was made in Long Island, where a lot of these kids from, you know, good neighborhoods and what you would think great parents and probably are, are, are doing crime uh-huh. in the name of, you know, animal rights and environmental rights. And, and I tell these kids, let me tell you who's looking at you, and the FBI goes right in there with me. So that's kind of one of the areas I work in. Mm-hmm. Then when I'm ter- talking to teachers and administrators and I'm working in school districts, I get more into the character education and the social-emotional learning piece. Because I've had so much experience with kids and getting them to perform where other people have failed, I try to explain to teachers and educators how that process works and why does it work for me and it doesn't seem to work for other people. Uh-huh. You know, well, and it's a difficult position for teachers today because, you know, years ago when we were kids, Ned, you know, when you go to school and teachers got up in front of you and they weren't really responsible for your moral and ethical upbringing, you know. Right. They were responsible for teaching you uh, algebra, you know, right. and history. But now kids are having a very difficult time. We're living in a confused state in the world, in this country. We're in a time of war that most teenagers and kids think that, the, that adults are responsible for ruining the, you know, their, their future, the right. environment, and there's a number of things. And I try to explain to teachers that you know, these are all issues that these kids are dealing with mentally that they're not talking about, but I know about them because they talk to me. There are a lot of, there's a lot of unfocused anger out there. Yes, and right. so I tell them, I try to give them tools, educators' tools that they can use to open up these kids' minds and say, you know, look, at we understand your problems, and, 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 and you know, rightfully so, you, you might have a lot of great points here, but I need to educate you. Mm-hmm. And you need to win these kids over because you're not going to, as they know and they have experience today in schools all over the country, they're having a difficult time uh-huh. educating kids. Uh-huh. So you know, you're, there's always you're, that elite status group, you know. So you're that, kind of a one. Going to do well no matter what. So you're kind of a one. Sounds like you're kind of a one man band out there. Yeah, and I, yeah, <laughs> I, I try to do as much as I can. Right, right, and of course the the. The challenge that that rep- I mean, of course, what obviously from from your point of view, it sounds to me like your your career development, if you will, has taken you to a place of where you are able to to reach out and coming from where you've come from, you're able to reach out and and be be useful in in such a large sort of expanded way 
besides sort of just having a dojo somewhere and, and, sure. and, and working with us. You know why, Ned? The reason, and it's a great point you just brought up, and the reason that is is because I've lived it all. Right. You know, you're talk, you're talk, as you know, you're talking to a guy that grew up in a very impoverished, violent area. My friends and people I grew up with are either dead or in prison. Right. You know, people don't make it to the levels, and I don't mean that on an egotistical basis, but, no. you know, I went from, you know, from... From you know, from Harlem to Harvard, right, right. You know, I sat with the president in the Oval Office. I've been with Paul Newman. I've I've, I've experienced all of these right. things, and I've got a master's in psychology. Right. So I mean, you know, I have I've 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 been able to see the whole and, and, and experience the entire spectrum from poverty to wealth. Mm-hmm. You know, and we have 170 martial arts studios around the country. So, oh, you do. I've done on an entrepreneurial level, I you know, and having come from where I come from, I've been able to personally experience all of this. So it gives me a wealth of information to share with people. I see. T- tell her. I mean, I of course didn't realize that. I didn't. I didn't get this hundred and some number of of, uh, of centers around the country. Mm-hmm. Tell our listeners a little bit about what that is, really. Well, we have martial art. We te- we have Shaolin martial arts studios. I see. Uh, my partner uh, Ch- Charlie Matera in the in the West Coast. I see. Um, we have we have seven United Studios of Self Defense. I think right in California. I see. They're all called United Studios. So I'm the grandmaster on the East Coast, and he's on the West Coast, and the actual founder of the company. Ah. So we have 170 of these locations from here to South Carolina. All right. So, so any in the Bay Area? Uh, in Cal- am I in California now? You're, yeah, you're in California. Oh, yeah. We have 70 schools out there. 70. Well, it, well I'm, again, I'm locating in the, let's call it the North Bay. Is there anything in the North Bay? The towns. Uh, Santa Rosa, San Rafael, Mill Valley. Yep, they're in there. Is that right? Yeah, we do. Just you pick up the yellow pages and look for United Studios. You, We're in there. Ah, all right. So people actually then, if they like the song that you're singing, they can. Uh, yeah, they can. They can get. You know, this is uh, on on a martial art piece and and a philosophy piece. Right. They can go in and actually experience the, the the actual health health and and mental benefits of studying Shaolin Kung Fu. Yes. I see. Well, I I, I guess what I what I of course got out of you. I don't know you, of course, and so I don't. I didn't have any idea about your the extent of your business uh, uh, domain, but yeah, all what, the work I do with educationally is pretty much for free. I don't get really paid to do that. Too I much. see. So you 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 manage to make a living out of your other work, my, your, my studio, your yeah. studio, your studio work, and then you get to do this other stuff just as a as a uh, my passion, your social your social gesture. Yeah. Well, you know, Steve, when I as I look at what you write about, and I look at the way you. You, as, as I said when I started, I said to my listeners when before you actually got on the air, I said when I first started reading Steve's book, I thought this this sounds like I called it blue collar Buddhism, mm-hmm. and what, <laughs> good, good, that's very good. The word that kind of went through my mind because it it would it felt like it was just so on the ground, so yes. so. I mean, I I was a, a Zen student, and so I had the pleasure of sitting with masters and 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 feeling the a kind of a blissful uh, engagement with the teaching as a, as a zazen person so which is completely different than a kung fu person really mm-hmm. and so at any rate but then as i read more and more of, of, of as you write here and you read about as you write about the the treasures of shaolin you have these i like i like the way your book uh, uh, it does little sort of snatches and, and puts it in an, and offsets it in a visual way so that you can really look at some of the sort of pieces of the teaching that you give mm-hmm. and and I think you know in a very functional way you you give your readers um, 
really strong snapshots of the essential teachings of the East, which in a in my experience are not so not so um, with, with the with the rocks on it the, with, with the rocks still on it, if you will, and, and yeah. with the breath still in it, if you will. Yes, and so, I do. Yeah, I mean, that I, was a big that was a big. Uh, a big item for Harper Collins, the uh-huh. publisher, right. and the senior editor. They said, "You know, I actually had hired a, a writer mm-hmm. to help me do this, right. and we wrote. They were, she wrote to help me. You know, she I dictated. She wrote the book, and they right. they kicked the book, the entire book, back to me. Really? And they said, Steve, this is not this is not how you sound. Ah, because she took my words and 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 made it more prolific, and you know, mostly ah. it's basically how she she writes. Ah, and and he, and he said, well, this is not the kind of book we want. This book." To, to read as you speak, uh-huh. well, like, you... like it's you. Yeah, and and it, it took another year before because I, you know I'm not I told you know I'm not an author. Right. I am an author, but I'm not a prolific writer. It's not my right. my, my forte. Right. And but I wrote that book. Right. And I it, it took another year for me to get this to to be me. Uh-huh. That, that I speak in the, the way that you know as you said when you read that book. Especially people that have known me say this. I feel like I'm sitting in the room with you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And well, again, it's not you know like there are two thousand there. There are two thousand self help books on the market. Right. You can go into any bookstore and, and find two thousand different ways of having somebody teach you how to run your life. Right. And this book is not like that, as you know. Right. This is not telling people how to run their life. This is to give them uh, to give them a, a, a blueprint, a format, a, an understanding of how. These unique people, and you know that that come from the east, and the and the f- kids and the families that I've worked with, and in my own life have have made it, have 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 come up with a way to to deal with all the issues and all the pain of life. Well, I think that that's it. I think that here we've got the pain of life still living boldly. Here we have the, as you say, um, I'm trying to find it. Uh, there's so many different pieces. Be, uh, that here, yeah, here we have the pain of life still extant. We haven't run off into some high-flown thing. We, we're we're still right on the ground with all of it, and and mm-hmm. these are, these are the coping skills. And and uh, it says one of the one, I'm just quoting you now. One of the major problems with learning to survive is that many of us have spent so much of our young and adult lives learning how to survive. There's little or no training on how to live, and that's the other beautiful part of your message, I think. It's which very true. Which is that. The the hunkering down that people have done, whether they're hunkering down with their anger, whether they're hunkering down with their with their negative attitudes about themselves or their society, or whether, but but exactly as you say, the issue of we've with all this we've learned to survive, but at the same time we haven't learned to in, in live. We really haven't because and, of the way we're conditioned. It's not our fault, right? You know, I come from a I come from a place, and 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 whether you come from Harlem or you come from, you know, you know, uh, Greenwich, Connecticut. Right. When you really think about how we're conditioned, you know, we're conditioned to to to, to you know to to get to get you know get up in the morning and 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 do our chores and get an education and get married and have children and all the things that are really good in life, but our 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 conditioning process for those for those things are so sometimes intense for us that we really we feel we come short of understanding how to enjoy that on the way right right exactly and and i think what your book does so well for me anyway is that it it takes advantage of the teaching and it puts it into very operational sort of pieces and as as i read before you again before you came on the air i i read your your chin 10 chapter titles, which of course are the 10 modern secrets for survival, uh, right. so, so to speak. And uh, 
So let's let's go through some of the uh, some of the sure. sort of specifics of the book here. One of the things it talks about. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the the sort of the let's 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 find the the Spanish Harlem kid on the streets, and he finds his way to the Shaolin Temple. Let's let's go there for a minute. And and what was that like for you? <coughs> it was it was as ex- experiential as having the President of the United States put his arm around me in the Oval Office and say, Steve, thanks for helping me with the children of this country. I mean, you know, no matter how educated you get, especially (laughs) coming from where I come from, I was in Disney World. It's a place that you would never think you would ever wind up one day in your life. Right. And and that was the antithesis. I mean, that was just the the highlight of my life when the president did that to me. Mm -hmm. And when I got to the Shaolin Temple, having studied martial arts all these years and and read and studied with these grandmasters in the Chinatowns of Boston and New York, I'm in the birthplace. I'm at the place where this all, where the world was introduced to martial arts through this one place in all of China. Mm-hmm. And I was there, and I was there with the head abbot, and I was there with these monks, what I used to watch it in the 70s with David Carradine, you know? Right, right. Well, we, all, we all did. And, of course, you, and you, me, say, and you say to yourself... Two, other than my children being born, those were the two greatest moments of my life. Well, as you say, there's only one remaining Shaolin temple, temple near Dengfeng, I guess it's pronounced, and the inhabitants of the are, were a group of men, and there are about fifty of them out of a billion people of Chinese. You say, right? And uh, so there you were, and and but you were obviously by the time you actually arrived there, uh, you you know you were then you were part of this world, and so you were accepted and brought in and right. and, and welcomed and, and that I'm kind of thing. I'm the first non-Asian to ever been made a disciple, a personal disciple of an abbot, and made an ambassador to the United States for their art in their in their in their hundred. You know, in their five thousand year history. Right. Well, that's that sort of says a lot, doesn't it? Well, I was like, I'm, you know, to this day, I talk about it very little, but I'm stunned. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's a, you know, more than it doesn't make me better than anybody else, Ned. It it, make, it just means that I've been able to penetrate a wall. You know. Well, I for me, you know, I, that, I guess, I guess, I don't, I don't, I in, in, in five thousand years. I, I, what it feels to me like, and I just, what do I know? But it feels to me like. Like exactly as you say, you've penetrated something, and and it's it's a sort of statement of your doggedness as as well as the sort of the grace of of life in a way. The grace of life has chosen to to combining your action and your intention has brought you to this place to where you're now the author of this very very important, I think, very important and interesting book. Now, let's talk about the three treasures of Shaolin because I mm-hmm. think those are those are helpful and and. Yep. It says here the the uh, the Shaolin monks live by three main principles called the three treasures. Chan is the heart of kung fu. It means constantly being cued into the present or the here and now. Mm-hmm. And it and it's that and it's Chan suggests the practicality of living life in the present and the need to look at issues or situations from all angles rather than upon your own personal frame of reference. Can you expand a little bit on that? We'll just sort of take one at a time and give our listeners a little bit more of how you feel that that works in the world for yourself, for instance. Well, I mean, that that's a classic example of how I used Buddhism, you know, because that's part of their religion. Right. You know, that philosophy, you know, that philosophy, and how I've used the religion in terms of, of, of philosophy and brought it to, you know, to the East, or brought it into my own words, so, to, you know, to, I mean, the West, to, so that we could, we could utilize these, this tool. You know, they're, 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 their philosophy is this, 
Okay. And this is part of Chan Buddhism, is that pain is inevitable. It exists. Right. It's going to exist. The world is pain. Life is pain. So instead of embracing it, instead of personalizing it, instead of hoping that it doesn't happen to us, <laughs> and that's what it is, because we not only, we not only, we believe and we're conditioned, it's not our fault, we're conditioned that if you're a good person and, you, and you're a religious person or, or, or you, you give back to society and you try to live a moral life, if you do all these good things in life, that good things will happen to you. Well, that's a great philosophy, but they don't, they're, they're not that presumptuous in the East. Right. They don't believe that. Right. Your mission, their mission is to do all of these things, but they, they thoroughly are conditioned, unlike us, to accept the fact that regardless of whether you do all these good things and you lead a good life, that pain and these bad things are still going to happen. Right. Right. So when they happen to us, what, to, listen to this sentence, because this, this is infamous in our language. I can't believe this happened to me. <laughs> and, and, right. and, and this has helped me in life because, you know, I'm not making fun of this, but it's very funny in, in a way. It's, it, it, it's because it's, I grew up with all of this pain. You know, who makes those decisions, Ned? Who says that i got to be poor? Who says that my mother has to lose her legs at eight years old? Who says that my mother had to live in a hospital for 18 years, that I had to stand in welfare line? Who makes those rules? So many of us grow up in those neighborhoods with this pain, and we get angry, and that's why there's gangs, and that's why there's all the, all the things that go on in these neighborhoods, and because we're angry, and we, 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 we think it's unfair, right. and why should it happen to us? Right. And we act out. But when you, adapt, when you adopt this philosophy, whether you grew up in Spanish Harlem, you grew up, like I said, in Greenwich, Connecticut, it doesn't make any difference because you realize that your mission, our mission in life is to, is, is to help other people. It's not, what we, it's not what, we, what we do, it's what we leave behind. Mm-hmm. And, we, and in the East, they have a philosophy, especially if you're Buddhist, that these bad things are going to happen. Right. And they don't adopt it. They don't embrace it. They don't say, I can't believe this happened to me. Because, and, then, and they don't personalize it. Uh-huh. So the, they have less pain than we have. Okay. So that, well, that, you see okay. what I'm saying? I see what you're saying, and also I certainly I accept it. And, I, and of course, being a, uh, I'm an oriental medical doctor, so I have patients who come in all day long who tell me, you know, why has this happened to me? And so, <laughs> so that's so, why you laughed. So, exactly. So, so because it happens to everybody. Yeah, it happens to all of us. So let's let's. I mean, there's let's let's keep moving here. And then, what's while we're talking okay. about health, let's go to the health as the next yeah, you one. Yeah, stop me because you know I go off. Well, I no, it's good. No, you're good. you're good. You're good. You're good. You're a teacher. Health. I'm just going to read it a little bit, and then I'm going to ask you to expand on it a little bit. It says, "Okay, health. Health means health. Health, meaning both internal and external health, deals with keeping the body in good working order and living in harmony with its needs." Medicine, medicinal, and qigong practice are used to heal the body and maintain proper internal organ function alongside muscles and vo- muscles and bones. Right. So, let's talk a little bit about kind of your perspective and and maybe even a little bit about how you translate that message into the work that you've shared with the people that you've worked with. I, I and you're talking about the internal and external part of this. Yes. Yes. Both, actually. Because you mean okay, so, well, so so that we know that okay we know that you're you're a Shaolin teacher so we know that people are working they're going to classes they're learning to do martial arts that kind of thing right. so we kind of know that as a is a window picture if you will but but the the business of bringing the meaning of health both internal and external 
it, there's a, it's a statement, of course, of just, you know, in terms of keeping it in good working order. But how do you teach that? How are you teaching them? How are you I help- teach them balance, Ned. Okay. I teach them balance. Okay. I find out that, you know, many people in the West, including myself at one time, are extremists. Right. And they're extremists in one area. It's like going on an Atkins diet. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, I mean, is the Atkins, you know, like, or it's going on an exercise program. Okay. You know, I, I, you know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and, and this is a very sad story. This thirty-two, this thirty-six-year-old woman right. who is just in phenomenal shape. He sees her every day, every single day, and she trains like an animal. She was, she was a walking physical specimen. Uh huh. And, and he, she does, she, she, she's on the bicycle. Right. And she, she died right there at the gym. Ah. Uh-huh. In this guy's, you know, he, he, she started to go into, into a, a convulsion, what appeared to be a convulsion. He went over, he held her, and the woman died. Mm. And when, we, you know, he, he knew of the, he knows the family. And the woman, you know, hadn't been for a physical in a long time. She's under a tremendous amount of stress. She tries to be a mother. She, she's got a full-time business going. So her answer to, to being healthy was to exercise like is to be crazy. You but still... she didn't. But there wasn't the balance. Right. Exactly. The balance is you can't do all of that. Right. Okay. It, at what point in time are you? What time your body and your mind actually enjoy life? Right. And I, I, I think I guess I, I want our listeners to hear somebody as successful as you, who's done the many things that you've done. What it, it gives me great pleasure to hear you say that. To say, now here you were taking a woman who was doing. A lot of the normal things that a lot of us are busy doing. That's right. And here but she, to it, the extreme, and but, she but to the extreme, the very point, the very point. And so, you're you're saying that that along the way, with with all the people that are doing your exercises, working in your uh, your your centers and so on, mm-hmm. part of what you're teaching them is the health message of balance. Absolutely, balance of life. Balance of life. You know, these instructors are well-trained in our schools, and, you know, they can see, they, they develop personal relationships with the students. And, I, and I've done it myself. I've walked into a, you know, my, my office where there is a school, and I, and I see people I see on a regular basis, and I'd say, hey, Ned, right. you know, you okay? Come on and let's talk. Right. Because I can see it in their face. Right. You can see that they're stressed to the max. Right. And you get them to talk, and you say, you, really, you know, and, then you, and that's how it all starts, and that's how we help people. The, the, I, I, it's funny. I'm, it's, it's, I'm grateful to hear a, a somebody like yourself tell me that there are people in the, in the Shaolin Temple teaching centers that are basically dealing with people as, as, as social beings, not only as, as sort of artistic animals. And this is how what I teach, exactly what you just said, right. is what I tell educators all over the country, Ned how to get product productivity out of their students mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because if you don't deal with that social issue if you don't deal with the personal element right. of what people's lives are all about you can never teach them anything well then that kind of goes to the next the next little line in this uh, in this uh, three treasures of shaolin it says self defense and it says next it says monks believe that the body must be kept in balance at all times so they use self defense training as well as fighting uh, scenarios to delve into their personal demons and attachments and to root out what they believe are the sources of all ignorance, fear, and greed. And I think that, that the, the part that we're talking about in terms of some of the, some of the struggle that, we're, that many of us are having are 
and, and one of the difficult things for our probably for many of us to to deal with is the fact that we are as as they say we're 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 locked in fear, greed, and ignorance, and part of our dilemma a good big chunk healthy chunk of our dilemmas have to do with issues in those areas. And right. given that no one's talking to us about those things, no one is engaging us on the real nitty gritty of that kind of material, we we suffer because the real kind of guts of our life, which are stuck in these major issues, doesn't get an outlet, doesn't get a conversation, doesn't get a fellowship, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's what I'm so grateful. There are many, many, this book is just filled with those kinds of things where it's touching on the, just the real root issues of the human existence in a way that's useful. Now, Steve, I, what I need to do is, because we're at the half hour, I want to take a little bit of a music break. If you'll just hang with us for just a little bit, sure. we'll, we'll be coming right back to you now. All right, great. Thanks now. Hold, just, Thanks. just, just hang good. with us. Okay. I was showing him when took a break. That's good. And welcome back to Health Matters here on KSVY 91.3 Sonoma. Today we're in discussion with Steve DiMasco, who's a wonderful teacher, a writer of a book called The Shaolin Way, Ten Modern Secrets of Survival from a Shaolin Grandmaster. And uh, so welcome back, Steve. Thanks again for hanging with us here a little bit more. Thanks, Ned. Uh, let's uh, just keep moving and let's talk a little bit about, I'm just going to, like I say, I'm going to kind of go through your book a little bit and talk about the next thing that really comes up for me, you've got a chapter called Self-Worth Comes from Self-Examination. Uh, <laughs> and I, I really love that because the invitation to self-examination, which, again, the, the, the neat way that you go to self-examination is so not navel-gazing, is so not sort of some kind of ego-centered, egotistic way of looking at what your life is about, but is dealing with the core, you know, lots. You, 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 by bringing in the, the 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 elements of the of the profound teachings of the wisdom schools, this self examination sort of fits into that larger model of ex- exploration. So, mm-hmm. so tell our little listeners about again. Uh, I don't know quite where to go, but what what, uh, you're, what you're in a big you're in a big arena here. Yeah. So what, you know, what, what, what self worth because it is the foundation for our entire life's existence. Uh huh. How we were conditioned and how we view ourselves totally dictates, you know, what we do and how we and how we handle people in our life. Right. So, and it doesn't. And 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 I want to like to make this point clear before I go into that is that it it is not a measure of success or failure, because I have seen many very successful people have a very difficult time with self worth. Me too. Because most people think that self-worth or self-confidence is a direct reflection on whether someone's going to be successful in business right, or financially, and I will tell you that it doesn't. I will tell you some of the biggest 
and wealthiest people have an issue with self-confidence and real self-worth. Right. So it is not. It's, it's not. And that a, is an ego, an ego-based scenario, a, a, an ego-based scenario, and 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 a lack of tools to deal with personally. Right. Which is why they keep spinning their wheels. Many people, uh, many of us, spinning our wheels and doing things externally. Um, Whatever that, whatever that external thing is, whether it be a buying spree, whether it be buying companies, whether it be just <laughs> spending your life doing these things to make yourself right. more successful so that you feel better about who you are. Mm-hmm. And you can own as many, and I'm not saying that all people deal with this, but I have seen many. Well, as, and as, until you really look at who you are, right. these habits, these things that really one day when you're lying on your deathbed or you think you're going to die, Okay, when the truth is going to hit us, right? We'll realize, you know what? I haven't been happy my entire life, right? <laughs> and I and, wish I had done things differently. But you want right, to know something, Ned? Right, right. There's a lot of mistakes that I made, and I can and I will continue to make. But if I died tomorrow, mm-hmm. Steve Damasco died tomorrow. Other than my children and my wife having will have thought about missing them while I'm still alive. I will not have regretted anything in terms of what I feel that I have contributed and what I've learned about myself through my life existence. And I attribute that to everything I've, I've experienced. Right. And that's a powerful statement. Well, and I think that you, you, help, us, you help us toward that idea or t- how, how Steve got to that place by saying, stop trying to fit in. Shaolin monks, monks don't try to fit in anywhere. They don't have to. They have a strict, exactly. a strict set of beliefs. My, my early childhood and my teens and and some of my adult life, my adulthood doing nothing but trying to fit in well exactly and and, and you make that point very well in your book mm-hmm. and and then as as I, as I'm just going on and but, I still work at it yeah I'm not totally there yeah. I don't know if I'll ever be yeah but, but I'm in a better place than where I was exactly what what actually what part of New Hampshire do you actually live in I live in a small town called Richmond ah which nobody's ever heard of, probably. It's only like a 1,400, people in. How far away and from I'm Boston? Like, I live on six acres of land, and I look at the mountain. How far away from Boston are you? And that's a beautiful thing. How far away from Boston are you? Uh, about about an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, so you're... So yeah, it's you're, not that... Yeah. You're, you're coming and going. I don't, are you on a cell phone? Uh, no, I'm on my, my regular phone. I don't know what's... I know it's clicking in and out. I don't know why. I'm sorry. It's, but It's, uh, it's life. I'm, I'm, I'm less than two hours, and, uh, uh-huh. but, I, but I'm in solitude when I'm home. Ah, uh-huh. you've got the peacefulness of that. I do. And your success has made it possible, for, of course, for you to do that. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, let's, let's talk about... Let's stay with that, some of this sort of self-worth thing, because I think there's... I mean, as, as, as I look at the sort of the titles of the sort of subsets of that chapter... It says the one stop trying to fit in is one that we're, we live in an age of low self-esteem and, and that whole thing. Bully and the, the bully and the master gaining perspective, and, you t- and then you get into the issues of ego and, and your issues of ego are really quite striking. And, and, and very striking. That chapter on ego is incredibly, incredibly striking. I think so, and I think it, and I think that it, it, it handles the matter in a way that's not so, uh, not so academic. But again, it's sort of—it's really got a kind of blood and guts quality to it. You can mm-hmm. really—you can really feel what you're talking about. So, help our listeners understand a little bit about. Okay, you've got—you've got—you've always got a, in a situation. Help our listeners understand. You, we always have a subject of ego. We always have an issue of ego. So, what—what what is kind of give our listeners a little bit of 
Eastern wisdom, oh great teacher. Uh, and I mean, we're, that, again, we're not monks. I understand, and okay. I make that very clear even about myself. Okay. And like you know, there, there's an old, an old master once said, you know, you take everything, you learn everything you can from everyone. Okay. And you keep what's good for you. Uh huh. Good, and, good and, teaching. And, and that's my, you know, so ego is just a, ver- is just the most powerful, powerful tool, um, and good and bad. Uh huh. Um, well, we, in order to understand ego, right? You really need to read that book, and 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 in that book, it, it totally explains and it, different ways in which you can look at yourself, right? And mo- and study your own behavior. And I give examples of different behaviors that might that that might dictate the way we live our life. Things that we do in our life that actually that hurt us, and we're not happy with. So, and when we realize, when we realize, in fact, that that is ego that is dictating these behaviors. Mm-hmm. When we realize that, and we can look at that, that then gives us the ability to move forward. You can't, you cannot have control of your life until you have an understanding of really what it is that we do. Uh-huh. You, you have to, you to, 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 to know your life. You have all areas. You have to so know. You can really look at it because you'll read that book and you'll say, you'll read something, that, an example that I've given on ego, and you'll say, wow, that is ego. I didn't realize that I right. was being this way. That's, and that, that ego was, was motivating me to do this. That's why, I love the, that's why I love your ego chapter because it, it really puts the flesh on the ego. It's not, it's not just an abstract idea. It's a very, very living and breathing part of, our, of, of the normal human existence. And the business of, of actually being able to learn to work with it in a, in a proactive way, in a way where you recognize and, and acknowledge and, and, and well, really, really welcome into your life the, the, the positive potential of the ego experience mm-hmm. and, and, and learn how to uh, uh, manage and, and, and work with the part that's not so pretty. Uh, you and that's to- what it is, Ned, working with the part that's not so pretty. Right. And, and, you, and, and the listener might be asking himself, you know, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> but you know what? It, and, and, for, and for some people, it might be bliss. Yeah, yeah. But you've got to ask yourself, the next question is, right. okay, maybe I'm not seeing this, maybe I'm not realizing this, and maybe I'm getting through life, okay, okay, and I feel okay with myself. The next question is, and really, in reality, and this is a tough question, how am I really affecting the people around me? Interesting question. How am I really affecting the people that I love? What are the people that I love not telling me and wow. enduring because they do love me? Mm-hmm. Well, How can I make their life better? Uh-huh. Because no one, no one can move forward with their own life until they stop and think about how they're affecting the world around them. That it's really is, not about me, Ned. That, it's about everyone else that I affect. That's a very profound statement, and I'm grateful for you making that because, of course, that that takes us to that to almost really to that sort of that next level. It takes us out of the sort of me space into the we space. It, yes, yeah. it takes me out of the me phase exactly. You know, and me, and, me, I, I exactly. And of course, how many of how many of our listeners and our and you and I included. How much of the of our lives do are we stuck in the pain of that isolation? How many of us are stuck with with the sort of the un, the unknowing part of because of course we we are in some ways uh, we are we have a certain separateness to us and and how many of us blow that set that 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 
partial separateness that we all experience, how many of us make that too big a thing? How many of us, you know, suffer from the, the isolation of that and that kind of thing? And, and I we guess, do. And, you know, we can say, and I've heard people say it a, million, a thousand times, right. well, I really don't care what someone thinks of me. I don't really care right. about this or how they feel about me. I know who I am. I know how I feel. But you know what? Right. At the end of the day, right. if you're really honest, if we're really honest with ourselves, right. I think we really do care. Well, I think yeah. we really do care how people view us. I think we really do care whether people like us. I really think we do care about how our wives or our husbands or our children really see us and how we affect them. And I, and I think the nice thing about your teaching is that your teaching invites the inquiry of that, which, of course, was, the, again, we're back to self-worth comes from self-examination. We're, 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 your book is a, is a, is a guide a, a guiding step toward a certain way, at least, of 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 coming to grips with that that fundamental question, the what the very one you asked: How am I affecting those who are are near me? How and, and how 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 is that working well? And and then and I and I have to assume that when the, with the teaching and and the inquiry comes not only sort of a, a, a negative self examination from you know am I hurting people and that kind of thing, but also also the best part comes with the joy of acknowledging the beautiful connection that you really do have the exactly. really positive the really and, and, and in the positive way you're affecting people right exactly so you get you get to you get to share in something that if you don't attend to it you don't get the the, the glow of it it sounds That's to absolutely me. true right well I I think that I I wanted to kind of keep going down a little bit down that way because I think that the the um um you you make a statement that I liked very much you said uh sure the U- United States may be the champion of the free world and an inspiration to many others more oppressed countries but what we don't have here is a way for our citizens to find and maintain inner peace how can we there's just too much going on right now I I love that statement because it 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 it, again, it, it's a compassionate statement. It's a statement, mm-hmm. it, a statement that really looks in the mirror and says, "This is who we are as Americans. This is this is what our this is our this is our our problem." That's right. This is we have all this stuff going on. So what I'm really wondering is, I'm coming coming kind of coming back to, again, Steve, the inspirational teacher, Steve, the inspirational instructor. He, here we are in a world of too much going on, um, and. Give our listeners a little bit of insight in terms of, given that you've been as successful as you have, in, in terms of reaching out to, to troubled people, to students and prisoners and this kind of thing, tell our listeners a little bit about how you've, how you've helped those people deal with the too much that's going on part of the whole thing. Well, the too much that's going on, are you, are you talking in respect to like the, the world, the confusion, yes, the, the, yes. The, 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 you know, everything? The, the, we need to... It's called Focus. It's a chapter on focus. Uh, okay, okay. Okay, because people, I have heard, talked to so many people, Ned, that are so overwhelmed with all the problems of the world that they get absolutely nothing accomplished. Okay. Meaning that they, I, 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 like, for instance, let me give you a classic example. Please. I'm going to Disney World. I've gone to Disney World probably twice a year for the past 10 years. Really? Why? Because Steve Damasco really relaxes in Disney World. <laughs> it's, I, I, I like I the love fantasy. It. I love it. I like Mickey Mouse. I like being in 10 different countries at Epcot. Oh, great. It, it, to me, it, it's a place where, as a little kid, and you're poor, and you don't even have to be poor to love Disney, right. you know, I looked at as, 
you know, Wonderland as, right. as, as the Magic Castle. What fun. And so as, as somebody still, you know, in his middle ages, middle-aged man, I still have not lost that dream. And I go to Disney. Now, I can't tell you how many people many people in this and the in the community that I live in right. you know that are, that are, are I won't say what religious background that they have how could you they support gays they support abortion they support the, you know what ned uh. i mean you know the people the owners of disney i mean i can't tell you how many people have said that to me that live in this community of mine and other people right. i could come up with a lot of things that's wrong with disney yeah. but you know what i don't want to look at that no no you're not there for because that I, there's nothing i can do to change that right disney gives me a place of pleasure uh-huh and i focus on what i feel i can make a difference in i can't make a difference in the iraq war i can't get upset about that i can have my personal feelings but i go on Right. I'm not, I'm not, I can't get involved in the abortion's rights. If I do, then that's something I'm going to totally have to focus on. I have my personal opinion of it. But I stay focused. I stay focused in my martial arts studios to help my instructors to get better at, 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 at doing what they do. I stay focused on helping educators and kids with their lives in the area of which I have taken on as a personal quest. I see. If I get involved with all this other stuff, if I let all these other things bother me, Mm-hmm. To that degree, I'll get nothing done. I'll be d- totally depressed. Right, right. So, so that's where you learn to be able to affect the things that you want to affect and to stay focused. It sounds like the... the and you don't take on the problems of the world because with you or without you, they're still going to be there. Right, right. It was Helping sound- someone else, one kid. Right. One kid can change your life forever. Right. Well, I I think that you've had the pleasure. It's, well, again, one of the joys. That of, makes sense, though. Yeah, it does. But okay. one of, one of the joys of your book, I think, for me is is again that you've had the privilege of affecting people positively uh, in, in 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 substantial ways often enough, so that you have a kind of a radiance in your perspective that 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 is not, not only you know isn't that great about Steve, isn't this great about what people can do, so that you you've you've kind of uh, you're an example of what can be done, rather than just Steve. Right, and, exactly. And 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 and, and it's, it's great that Steve can it can can get his, a childhood joy of going to Disney World, and I think it's wonderful to hear that. It, it makes me feel good and feel pleasure. And it and it and, and the other thing that it makes me feel pleasure because it because I'm talking to a guy who wrote a book. Who talked about? I I, I can't. I don't know how. I can't quite segue into this, but I, there's. I, I, was it the guy's name was Henry H. or something like that? Some guy. You stopped on the street in Spanish yep. Harlem, and yep. you you get over and you hold each other, and there's a story there. You brought tears to my eyes because you. you I can't. I can't tell. I tell that story once in a while when I give lectures to kids in school. It, yeah. And I can't still tell that story without almost breaking down. It's, it's a tearjerker, and 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 the thing about it is, it's 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 for me. It's that it's that grace of of human that grace of human world of what what we have potential. We we have this opportunity, whether we're rich or we're poor, whether we're uh, successful in the way you're successful or we're we're more more modest in our in our accomplishment. We have this opportunity to have this human this human potential. And uh, I was a I didn't get a chance to I, I was an Esalen workshop leader. There's a place I don't know if you know about Esalen and Big Sur, but there was the back in the '60s when we were all busy, you know, studying these these things and doing psychology and one thing or another, and I became a teacher of that way, and I had taught at Yale University, other places, and 
and um, the, the 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 human was called the human potential movement. And what you're doing and writing about, for me at least, is is one man's version of that writ large. And uh, and I want to again remind our listeners that we are talking to D- Steve DiMasco. His book is The Shaolin Way. Ten Modern Secrets of Survival from a Shaolin Grandmaster. I think it's is just reasonable, recently out. Is that not true? It's a two yeah, yeah, two. I think it's only been out three f- a few months. Yeah, two thousand five. And I just want our, I do encourage our listeners to uh, to check this book out. And uh, is there a website that they should go to to read more about your stuff? Well, I have a personal website. Okay. It's uh, you want to give that to our listeners? www.stevedamasco.com. Uh huh. Okay. And, and then, in terms of the uh, the book itself, I mean, I think Harper Collins has a, has a uh, has a write up on it. Yeah, do they? Because yeah. I, I, I think I, you go on Amazon. I think they have write ups on it too. Uh huh. Good, good. Is it are, are is it getting out there in the world pretty well? I th- I think I, I have you know it's new, so I don't know I don't know right. if it is. I've I've done um, this that, is probably my tw- my twentieth radio f- show from here to the West Coast. I see. I so see. So I'm hoping it does. You know, I mean, my whole goal in this was 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 to share this information with other people. It really is. Well, you've done a, a, a masterful job, Steve, and it's been a real delight to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thanks, Ned. Lo- it was lo- great talking to you. I lo- love talking to somebody on a show that went through the book like you did. I, I really appreciate your interest in it. Well, thanks again so much. I right, hope to care. talk to you soon. Bye-bye now. Well, that is a wonderful experience of talking to Steve and, and really uh, having a chance to explore this information on, on the Shaolin Way. It's an it's a interesting book. I wanted to spend a couple of minutes at the end of the show here to talk about the, uh, the uh, to completely change gears here and talk about the, uh, uh, the meetings last week, the last meeting, the hospital meeting last week, and some thoughts that I had about that. And I don't have my mind very well organized around this, so I just wanted to sort of say a few things just kind of off the top of my head. I was very grateful to uh, uh, Rick, Richard Kirk, to Dick Kirk, to set up and make available to the community the meetings that we had. And I was grateful for the opportunity that, that was given to the, the folks that are, uh, who, who presented uh, the various present presentations, the, the professional people and, and the doctors and everybody. And then also the, what are called the, the Community Cuneo Plan, which is the plan that uh, has kind of caught a lot of people's attention. And I just wanted to say that I support that plan. And even though the the way the meeting was structured, you didn't get the impression that there was much enthusiasm from the executive ranks of the uh, planning area for this. But I just wanted to say that as I went myself, as I went through the meeting and went through under, trying to think through the thoughts, even though I was inclined toward it, I, I became more and more convinced that the issues of the Leveroni plan, the pro- right, that the Leveroni property, and the urban growth boundaries and the the various constituent parts of the plan that are trying to maintain the uh, the integrity of our town in terms of its in terms of its dimensionality and i i became convinced that the, like the the elderly gentleman that stood up and said say don't you guys know on the leveroni side that's a floodplain out there and there's there's those kinds of issues that come up and then the other thing that comes to mind is is that i realize there needs to be some kind of a face saving. Should the hospital, in their in their wisdom, the, should the hospital board be really really willing to look at the community uh, uh, community cuneo plan? There's going to have to be some kind of a face saving for the physicians and the and the planners. So I'm hoping that our community, those of who are interested in this subject, who like the community community cuneo plan, will find a way to help our leaders. Um, 
meet this challenge of, of 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 feeling okay about this because there's been all these all this uh, cost and effort has gone into you know focusing on trying to do this very very large sort of expansionistic uh, entrepreneurial program and uh, to to have a sort of sane and simple hospital a modest kind of thing isn't really for the 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 uh, um, the, the leaders the so-called business leaders. That isn't something that is that isn't sexy enough. That isn't going to be as exciting enough. So I'm hoping that uh, that those of us who want a more modest thing will will find a way to remember the feelings of these people that have given so much to our community. So uh, that said, I I've got a few other comments on that subject, and um, one of them is is that I, I noticed when we we're talking about the meeting when going to the meeting itself, the um, um, the 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 desirability for a, a, a large industrial structure is a desirability for gadgets. And anybody that's been to a medical meeting anywhere in the world, as I've been to medical meetings all over the world, is that doctors love gadgets. And uh, so that a place to have your toys and to have your uh, – and so those of us who understand uh, the world that way uh, is one way of understanding that. Now, uh, so anyway, I'm in favor of people looking further at the, the community cuneo plan myself. I encourage people to look at the uh, Ecology Center's report, the Greenbelt Alliance uh, uh, information on this. I encourage people to look at Maryland Goods information on that subject and uh, ask themselves, what do they really want? So that's my thought on that. Uh, here at Health Matters, we are starting to receive emails from our, our listeners who are wanting to talk about certain things. We have quite a lineup of, of guests coming down the road uh, toward us. We had a great uh, time last uh, week with uh, uh, Joanne Martin-Brown, who talked about the uh, stress reduction program starting at Sonoma Valley Hospital, the Integrated Medicals Program. The good news was it was a sellout, and there was there, there wasn't enough space and people. Even with adding on spare chairs and jamming people in, there was still people who weren't able to able to attend because it was so sold out. But the program will be repeated, and so that that's planning down the road. And I want it for those of you who want something more immediate. Let's see if I can find it here. There's an integrative medicine program. We'll be working with. Um, uh, uh, Phil, the Qigong teacher, they're starting a, a, another class February the 22nd. This is on Wednesday between 6.30 and 7.30, the Qigong class at the Integrative Medical Center, uh, $15 a session. I think I do encourage our listeners to uh, pay attention to that. We have just another minute here at Health Matters, and um, we are happy to have had you here. We're interested in your thoughts. Please write us at Health at AOL.com with your thoughts and if you, for subjects that you want us to discuss here or, or feedback on our shows, we're happy to have your comments. And uh, again, that's KSVYHealth at AOL.com. And in the meantime, um, I'm glad you tuned in. I'm glad you had a chance to hear. This is, our, I think, our second uh, major author call-in, and I was so glad that you were able to be with us and hear this very interesting man. And I sincerely meant uh, that I thought this book was a really striking book and worth your attention. So tune us in again next week here at Health Matters. And in the meantime, I hope you'll be well. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to Health Matters. 
Sonoma's weekly program dedicated to health and well-being. Health Matters is produced exclusively for KSVY 91.3, serving Sonoma with programming designed with the unique needs and interests of the community. Your hosts for Health Matters are Ned Hoke and Adam Lehman. Thanks for listening.